the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. It's been a couple of days, and I, I you know, if you listen to uh, the Liberty Hour on Sunday night, I kind of predicted I knew what was going to happen. with uh, the constant onslaught of how Donald Trump was somehow going to be blamed for the mass shootings, that the propaganda would ensue, that you were supposed to hate for hate. Oh, you should see what's going on in there, boys. They're running around and everything. Poor Quinn. I could almost watch the hair jump off his head. There's some sort of technical thing going on here with the uh, studio. I'm assuming the podcast is going out, so I'm going to continue as if it were. And I'm going to furthermore explain why I'm not going to partake in the, in the constant rhetoric of Trump is not to blame, they're blaming Trump. Because, because if you're listening to the Liberty Hour podcast, you're already, you're already intelligent enough to decipher the fact that the statist will use any sort of tragedy, will try to capitalize on any sort of division, will try to use any weapon at his, at his reach to further his power over the citizens. And this is going to be not just the last time this will happen, this is the modus operandi for the statists as it always has been. Now, normally they capitalize on their own failure, which they're extremely good at, to uh, shrink your liberty and further their tyranny. But, uh, sadly... This will happen again. It's a sad reality of where we live because the reality is we're surrounded by evil. Some of the evil comes from the right. Some of the evil comes from the left. But make no mistake about it, evil is what surrounds you. The difference in this country is it is built on the premise that you are innocent of evil until you commit evil. And I watch as as I'm seeing a massive shift in the body politic that I think started from the minute we allowed tyrants and socialists and communists to disguise themselves as liberals. And we gave them the virtue of that word liberal when their stance is anything but liberal. 
So I've made the decision many, many years ago that the person who claimed to be a liberal the whole time being a fascist, the whole time being a statist or a communist, all different versions of communism as far as I'm concerned, those people around us were normally the most deceitful, the most corrupted, and the most intellectually bankrupt. And that is the case today. The problem is we've allowed them to come in and pretend to be Republicans and pretend to be conservatives. And we've allowed that shift to happen because we, as Republicans, as conservatives, as constitutionalists, have lost our footing. We've lost our mooring, our fundamentals and our principles. There are no more. And that's no more evident than um, as I watch the economic stance of, uh, of the so-called Republican Party. And I, I say this because I have a new phone. And I'm not going to talk about how the tariffs would raise the cost. That's irrelevant, what it, what it does to individuals um, in arguing the principle of the argument. But I, I have this new phone, and I have the morning show set as my alarm, which I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, somehow this new Samsung Note 9, which I love, by the way, it converted it to the most efficient, and, and I somehow get YouTube instead of I used to just be able to hear it through the app at AM560, the answer. So I YouTube goes on this morning at 6.30, um, and I see Dan and Kristen McQuarrie, who I love, absolutely love. I, I think everybody that, that, that is affiliated with the station I really like very much. Um, anyway, what comes up on the YouTube is the the people watching get to type in their comments during the show. I have to tell you, I was ignorant to this because I really didn't watch the show um, pretty much, you know, for the majority of the time. I mean, I was aware it was on YouTube because when I would do the show, you know, my buddies would tell me, hey, you're on YouTube, and I'd, you know, oh, really? Um, but I never really watched it to this extent. And as I'm watching the comments of the fans of the show, of the fans of the Republican Party, of the people who supported Trump, I noticed the rhetoric that sickened me on uh, uh, Chris Wallace and Fox with Peter Navarro wasn't just a bald-faced lie that I was going to uh, tackle every time I had the microphone in front of me, but it was a bald-faced lie that was grabbing the the foot, the the stronghold of the Republican Party. It was the argument that was adopted by the people who refused to look at principles and fundamentals they they once espoused when Barack Obama was the um, president. And I've known for years what Peter Navarro is, which is why I've rallied against the idea that this, this technocrat is in charge of macroeconomics. And I feel the same way about Steve Mnuchin. They have something very, um, a, a base in common, more than the fact they're lifelong Democrats, they're lifelong supporters of Barack Obama. They both blindly and, and mindlessly chanted the the um, attributes of socialism in a, in, a, in a social setting of, of your society and somehow tried to inter, inter, have it interwoven with financial. Because Steve Minoshin, if you don't know who he is, he's the one who looks like Liza Minnelli. He's the third-generation banker. Um, he was a Goldman Sachs executive, money bundler for Obama, and a lifelong Democrat. But Peter Navarro takes that up a notch. Peter Navarro is an all-around failure and low life. And I don't say that just haphazardly. I'm going through his life. I'm well aware of the 16 books, the last 16 books he wrote. I don't know if he wrote more than that. At, at a certain time, you're all filled up on stupid. You, start, you stop doing the research on his books, which are filled 
full of lies from his from at least if you want me to believe he's a Republican now and a Trump ally now. Because under those books, when he was a Democrat, which, by the way, he ran for Democrat office four or he ran for office four times as a Democrat. He was a, a, a true supporter of Hillary Clinton in 2008 when she lost to Barack Obama. He quickly adopted Obama and quickly advocated for his policies. Everything from, from the bailout to quantitative easing to all of the things, the mindless spending and the debt and the constant um, um, usurpation of the powers of Congress by the president. He liked all that. So that's why when I heard his name affiliated with, with Donald Trump, I thought that the vast majority of people would absolutely reject Peter Navarro. But somehow through this Bengali of Trump, he's been adopted and embraced by, by phony neoconservatives, by neoconstitutionalists, and by people who don't know the difference between Republicans and Democrats, or at least didn't, and they allowed the, the flipping of the Republican Party to the, to the 1990 Democrat Party, which is exactly where we're at today. That's why Donald Trump, a Democrat himself, for the vast majority, self-described as late as 2006, is now compared to the Republican that most people pretend is the most conservative, Ronald Reagan. And now they, they, they he's Reagan. I've heard that since he was running. He was Reagan. Well, and yes, Reagan was a Democrat at one time in his life. I'm well aware of it. And all the people who are shaking and gritting their teeth, 312-642-5600, we're live. You can give us a call if you care to participate in the show. But Ronald Reagan wasn't great because he was a former Democrat. He was great because he rejected the principles that was the Democrat Party. He rejected socialism late in life. He became an advocate and a believer in Austrian economics. He was a a student of the von Mises philosophy and all of the others. I'm not just naming von Mises. I mean, from Hayek to Adam Smith. But most importantly, he was a, a, a constant fan and a consultant who consulted him and he had mistakes too, is Milton Friedman. Nobody's perfect, and all of these people I mentioned have have very bad ideas. Nobody's perfect. Me, everybody else, nobody's perfect. But the fundamental philosophy of liberty and freedom is perfect. The problem is we sometimes are influenced by current events, situations, and emotions that we bastardize what those principles are. And that's happened to an extent that can't be denied. And I'm not going to use my... my, um, um, rejection of of protectionism my rejection of socialism which is what tariffs are my rejection of union propping up policies and uh, uh, an economic deception like tariffs to uh, say look at the market broke 700 points that's poppycock the market is a fraud and has been for 10 years the market if you look at it at different ways is not only orchestrated manipulated and contorted by the interwoven between investment banks and government, and they're the ones who get the cheap loans, and they're the ones who have the guarantee. And, of course, the stock market has gone straight up since 2008, the collapse, because what the government did is say the people will underwrite you for eternity, in perpetuity. All you have to do is declare yourself too big to fail, and we've got you, baby. You're not going to be bound by your decisions anymore. At that moment... Capitalism stopped. And what you have left is this Keynesian fraud we call an economy. Now, this is going to be too deep, too much in the weeds. I get it, baby. Don't worry. There's enough guys out there telling you right now, Trump is good, everyone else is bad. Tariffs are good, everything else is bad. That's not what's going to happen here. 
What's going to happen here is we're going to have a discussion about the fundamentals and principles, not of the Republican Party, not of the Democrat Party, but of the freedom that is bestowed upon you by this country's guarantee, its covenant with the citizen, that you're a free man, that you have property rights. And all you need to do is expound upon those things and think about the, the, the fundamental principles of capitalism and freedom, which they can't exist if you, if you corrupt one of them. They, the, the two can't exist, and that's why they don't. Neither one of them exists today in today's America. But what does exist is a certain level of economic ignorance that is nauseating as I'm watching at any time when Dan Proft would mention the, the true economics of America, the true principles of capitalism, and I would watch the onslaught of supposed Republicans and fans take the side of tyrants and incompetence. And they think they're doing it because of Trump. They don't understand whose philosophy this is and what Trump's role is. Trump is today what he always has been, a salesman. He's selling you. Now, does he believe in the product? Maybe. But that's not the relevance. It's about are you able to decipher between the product and the bullshit? And the, 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 the answer you can come to today is no. 95% of Americans cannot decipher between reality and bullshit. And that's why they polish up the different bullshit salesmen. That's why it's irrelevant. Because if you had the fundamental principles, you'd recognize the bullshit in anything. You'd recognize it when it was spewed by Elizabeth Warren. You'd recognize it when it was spewed by Donald Trump. And beware when they start to agree. That's the absolute tell that it's bullshit. And this is the one thing they agree on. So the reality is, Light, or, um, Lighthouser, another scumbag, but he's a Republican scumbag. But anyway, Peter Navarro has the audacity to not only run for office four times as a Democrat, and by the way, he lost because the Democrats that were polled afterwards said he seemed angry and determined and confident about it. And it didn't make sense to them what he was spewing. The other thing you should know is he worked with uh, Steiger, the guy that all the Republicans hate, the one who's on uh, YouTube constantly and running commercials and running for president who says Trump should be impeached. Him and Navarro are very good friends and have worked on numerous green energy schemes together because that's the other side of Navarro you need to know. Peter Navarro is an eco-Nazi. He is a California Al Gore-loving eco-Nazi. And I often wonder, I like to think about what's actually happening in the, in the argument we're having. Now, I've read his last four books, which show a certain bigotry towards Asians that I find offensive. And, and he wraps it, he hides behind trade. Now, this is supposedly an economist who argues against freedom. See, because what I like to do is always talk about freedom. Freedom of you, the individual, because that's the principle, the covenant of America. And you are the only person who gets to decide value, not politicians, you. For some reason, we've lost that, and I keep wondering why. And it's because of the propaganda. You've been told, as I watched some of the the comments into Dan Proft, Google should be broken up. We could do a whole show on that one. You can only have free trade if you have a level playing field. Now, I'm not going to embarrass the, 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 the morons who kept typing this because they don't really think this. They're simply regurgitating talking points. They've heard that 80-year-old man who dyes his hair like Rita Hayworth on Fox Business tell you. 
with that spalding size head, Lou Dobbs, or the other limey fraud, Stuart Varney. All you're doing is repeating the same shit you hear from your 24-hour propaganda machine, Pravda, who you think represents you. When the reality is they laugh at the, their ability to control your thoughts because you're arguing against principles you had just four years ago, dummies. Four years ago, you fought off all this bullshit. Now you put mustard on it and eat it like you're at a ball game. So let's talk about what is a level playing field because we have to decipher the talking points. We have to, you have to rip them apart so that the, everybody seems can understand what a level playing field, field is. The beauty of trade is you're taking advantage of currency fluctuations. You're taking advantage of value. The level playing field doesn't exist anywhere but in your mind of value. Can I give my dirty paper for something I see value in? End of story. This is between business people and citizens. Not politicians. Politicians don't get to decide what fair is. You do. Politicians obstruct fair. Politicians penalize choice. Politicians persecute your freedom through taxation. That's the role here. Is, that, is nobody paying attention? Is there a politician who ever said, you know what, people? You're too much under the authority of government. We've got to figure out a way to strip back government and give you freedom over your life. What party does that now? None. Crickets. None. Level playing field is a ridiculous propaganda where it gets you to think about sports. Oh, it's got to be 50 yards for me and 50 yards for them, and there's a goal post and there's a touchdown, and we all could decide. Wrong. Keith gets to decide in there. I get to decide. Quinn gets to decide. You get to decide. And the producer, regardless of his location, gets to decide where he's willing to put a price on it. Whether that price is in the yuan, is in the lira, is in the Swiss franc, or in the euro, it's irrelevant. It's about where that value is. And let's talk about fair trade. What are you freaking talking about? I give you what my country and what I have decided is currency. You give me something. That's fair. Right there at the moment of conception. What happens to the parties afterwards is not for the government to interpret. It's not for your neighbor to interpret. It is for you to interpret. But look at how many people refuse to be free. Look at how many people have no idea how they're controlled. That for 40 years, the only reason you see all these idiots in pickup trucks yelling at other people with the flags hanging out isn't because they love Fords and Chevys. It's because they were penalized 25% since the 50s to have competition to that. You're protecting those industries. And what are you protecting exactly? Think about it. It's not American companies. What you're protecting is union-organized, demanded, strong-armed, extorted labor costs. That's all you protect. That small minority, and I don't care if it's a million people in a country of 330 million, it's a minority. And you've now had the government say that these million people are more important than the rest of your interpretation of value. So they cannot afford the open competition. They can't afford it. So they use government, and they pay all the people who are in it to guarantee there will not be fairness. And it's ironic and stupid for the people who are victims of that tyranny to somehow claim that's fair. What the hell are you talking about? Are you so 
brainwashed you can't think about it and that level of you or your kids and if there is a a, a manipulation and this is the, this is the greatest scam of all I, I, you know I, we had some some issues here with the board so i'm not sure if uh i'm going to be hitting the right clip god i want to hit the right clip let's say it's navarro let's do seven deadly sins here the seven deadly sins here basically it's stop stealing our intellectual property. Stop stealing our intellectual property. We're going to decipher each one of these lies. Who's our? If a company contracts a foreign government to produce its product, and that company is the victim of a crime, why is that your problem? If the company is really a victim, isn't it the company's responsibility to tackle it? And if the company is getting having, having its intellectual property stolen why in the hell does it keep going to it let that company continue to make bad decisions so that the products it makes become a value to me i don't really give a shit that's the company let the board of that company let the owner of the company let the shareholders of the company say what in the are you doing what are you doing stop going to china if they're stealing your intellectual property but what does this achieve this achieves all the virtue among the regular people to say, hey, I'll stick up for them. After all, they're American companies. I'll stick up for them. You're on the wrong team, dummy. If they can't make good decisions, let them go bankrupt. They should be forced to make the right decisions. You shouldn't use your government to extort anybody in any relationship between business and men. Period. Stop forcing technology transfers. Stop hacking our computers to steal our trade secrets. Stop hacking our computers to steal our trade secrets. Well, who gets to decide what? The, first of all, how many computers have have been hacked from within American citizens abroad? So, are you going to pick winners and losers? And if so, what is the NSA? What is the government bureaucracy that is supposed to be in charge of all of this nonsense between hacking? And where are where are the security agencies? Where are the the McAfee's of the world? I mean, I, I had to pick that crackpot. Where are the different steps being taken by these companies that are being hacked? Citibank gets hacked. Somehow they're the victim. No, they were supposed to have the security in place to prevent it. They're the ones who should be liable for any losses of their customers. But look at what you get to do. You get to demonize an entire country. And if the Chinese government is instructing its military to hack other countries and other things, then why aren't we instructing our government to, A, do the same, and B, figure out how to stop it? You still should, you do not have the authority to use the weapon of tyranny against your own citizens in order as a lever to stop that. Just fix it. Stop dumping uh, into our markets and putting our companies out of business. Stop. That is a bullshit lie. That is said specifically by the companies that can't compete with products that are purchased. What do you mean dumping? Is someone dropping off steel at the end of a pier and saying, have at it? You know, because, and, and I'm not going to take the low fruit and talk about how Donald Trump only bought the, the foreign steel. Forget about it. I don't want to do that whole personality thing because everyone puts on their Caddyshack hat and they can't stop to think. Because the reality of what's happened since the steel tariffs is that the American steel companies are middling the foreign steel, stamping it American and reselling it to you without manufacturing it, and have already increased their prices 20%. That's just the reality of what we live in. 
So is that considered dumping or is that considered arbitrage by companies that are guaranteed government enforcement of profit? They're not dumping. That's a bullshit term. Because it invokes in you, the citizen, as if you're going to stick up for the American company that somehow has been victims of abandoned product for everyone to take and sell it and undercut the American company. Rather than exactly what has the American labor extortion racket called unions done to the costs of production. This way you not only have to fix that and make unions competitive, you strengthen their position. And they've somehow carved out a middle where they get, what does the union delegates make? You know, the same unions that pay off the Chicago politician named Cullerton? How much is their revenue? Where does it come from? And what do they do with it? Let's, let's pan back and think in a little couple bits of dimension where you see the reality of what you're arguing for. Because all of you people who are arguing for some false idea of fair trade, not only are you arguing against yourself and your kids and your neighbors, you're arguing to protect the very corruption we know exists around us in union extorted labor and payoffs to politicians. So pick your frickin' poison. Stop their state-owned enterprises uh, from heavy subsidies. Stop. Are you got the balls to say that you're mad that China subsidizes industries? You freaking lying scumbag who are paying off farmers. How many times just since you've been in the, in the White House? Four. And how many billions? How many, how many insurance companies you subsidize, Navarro? Scumbag. How many manufacturers you subsidize through forced interest rates at low loans to targeted industries? Scumbag. How many? Stop the fentanyl. Stop the currency manipulation. These are all structural. The changes. currency manipulation. There it is. You mean like when a president demands that quantitative easing be given, even though the same wide-hipped president tells me this is the best economy that the country's ever had? The one who demands more money be clicked at a mouse and created? And the one who demands that cheap lending continue? The one who extorts the Federal Reserve and extorts the banks and forces low, lo- low lending to unqualified buyers because all that shit that broke the market, it's back. I'm really a real estate broker. I get all the emails, no doc loan, jumbo, low interest rate, the whole thing. It's all back, kids, and that's directly from the White House. And that's Peter Navarro calls China currency manipulators? Since September 11th to now, you've increased the monetary base, which is the money, the dollar, over 600%, the bulk of which after 2008. Is that, is that currency manipulation? When you demand we constantly click a mouse to create more money? When you sign a, 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 a spending budget that blows the doors off Democrats? When you borrow at a mindless rate that's going to exceed and double the debt in 16 years, is that currency manipulation? Yes, it is. So if Peter Navarro is so offended by currency manipulation, why doesn't he stop it in his own frickin' country? Because he needs to use it as an excuse. When the reality is, if China's manipulating its currency, good for us. Good! That's less dirty paper, more value. That means all the prices go down. That means if what the American entrepreneur should be doing is saying, I'll buy everything. Give me it. Give me it all. But no, no, no. There's a balance that must be protected. A balance of fairness. Whose idea of fairness? The politician who's paid for by the companies. 
the politician who has the lobbyists that go all the way to the freaking White House like Lighthouser. You think it's a coincidence that Steele was the first one? Look at what Lighthouser is and was. And I've been corrected on how I pronounce his name. His name is shit to me. So I don't really care if it's Lighthizer or Lighthouser. He's a piece of shit. Just like Navarro, just like Liza Minnelli, Steven Mnuchin. And look at what he's done in his past. The foreclosure king. How him and his family, with his connections through bank and government, Democrats, by the way, bought the, the, the bank in Indianapolis. I mean, it was ridiculous. He bought $14 billion worth of assets for less than a billion dollars. So focus on what's really happening here. And the idea that you now have this 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 lifelong green energy tyrant Democrat not only posing as a Republican, but writing financial theories, remaking capitalism in the, in the idea of socialism, telling you it's somehow you're a victim and you have to cheer for the tyranny over your costs. It's moronic. What do you think are the chances that China will keep this trade war going until after the 2020 election to see who's elected? Uh, I think what's important now, Chris, is that we continue the negotiating process. Uh, Bob Lighthizer and Steve Mnuchin went to, uh, Listen to, to the Shanghai. Uh, we were planning on having the Chinese come in September. I think the best thing to do is negotiate behind closed doors. Negotiate behind closed doors. Why do you think he wants to negotiate behind closed doors? Because as they call China the one lying and breaking the rules, it's us. We're the bad guy here. And the good cop, bad cop routine, how much longer is that going to play out? You know what that is, right? The good cop, bad cop. That's where Trump gets his long tie, goes on the plane, meets the, meets the premier, the president, or whatever it is of any given country, and they love him. We're such good friends. And the whole time his liaison is cutting deals and, and, and making American obligations that he intends on breaking, then blaming China. China currency manipulation is the greatest friend of the American consumer. You're going to make them print, make products at lower dollar costs? Bully for us. But you know who doesn't like that? The American labor extortion called unions. They don't like that. Because it gets to show how inept we are at creating value. So they need the government to leverage it. That's the real scam. And yet, once again, well, Peter Navarro's saying it. On behalf of Donald Trump. So let all the Republicans and pretend conservatives pretend that this is really a position that normal conservatives, normal people who espouse individual property rights and liberty would support. That's, that's, that's fascinating. Fascinating. The playing field is what they, they're paid to say it is. That's all it is. Favorable balance of value. That's the goal. Who gets to decide that is the woman whose life has increased massively due to trade. Then I was... I hope I wrote the thing about a Walmart, though. I'll tell you what, it was, it was, you know what, I might not have even written it down. It was so astonishing. The guy, the guy on, the, and I'm quoting what was happening when I was watching the, the morning show. The guy said, I searched 20 minutes in a Walmart to find candy that wasn't made in Mexico. What the hell difference does that make? Do you want the candy? No, no, no. You want to protect the candy that's made in America. You know how stupid that is? You know how criminal this sugar lobby has been? In America, the detriment it's done to American households, the fact that we're paying four and five times what sugar is in the world, we pay it here in America and we don't care because it's somehow affordable for you 
and the government has deemed to protect that sugar lobby, the strongest lobby in the country, and most corrupt, by the way. Most corrupt. That's why you never vote for the guy, the, the Cuban out of Florida. He's owned by the sugar lobby, which is where they're the strongest. Ricky Ricardo. Here. The question is, how much as a consumer would you be willing to pay tomorrow to have that stopped if there were... How much of a consumer would you be willing to pay tomorrow to have that stopped? Well, here's the answer. You could have made that choice your whole life. Every one of you had the choice to make. You were totally free to only buy American products, pay more, and decide that's value. That's called freedom of choice. But that's not what the government wants you to have. Because the reality is, most of you chose other venues. You found value in dollar costs. And you bought the, the, the product that the union says is inferior, but to you it made you happy. Peter Navarro doesn't want you to have that choice by, by, of freedom. He wants to force that choice. And he's going to do it by browbeating Chris Wallace and saying, how much would you pay? Well, I'll decide it when I go to the store, you freaking tyrant. This is the same argument Barack Obama used to pass Obamacare. Wouldn't you be willing to pay more? To make sure your fellow American has covered, is covered by insurance? That's the same thing. Do you get it? The same justification of force. The, shame, the same phony virtue of sticking up for a victim. In this case, the victim is the American manufacturer. In, in, in Barack Hussein Obama's case, it was your American neighbor who maybe didn't make his insurance premium or didn't give a shit about if he had insurance and was stuffing the pork rinds in his mouth. The same way he's doing now, only you're covering his ass. So don't reject Obamacare and, and, and then support this because you prove yourself to be an idiot. Consumer impacts. My only question to you, sir. No, 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 no. I'm answering. That's, that's I, a reasonable question. I to understand. Ask. The, it's not a reasonable question to ask. The reasonable question is the decision at consumption. His biggest fear, like all socialists, like all statists, is that the citizen has freedom to choose. And that's the barrier Peter Navarro, Steve Mnuchin, Lighthouser, and Donald J. Trump want you to not have. They don't want you to have that freedom. Well, I get to ask the questions. The point is, you're saying I don't have to pay anything, that I that it's a free lunch, and I don't believe it is a free lunch. I believe, in fact, there is a cause to it, and maybe we would have a better discussion if we discussed what what the real cost is. We're here in a 10-minute interview, and you spend nine minutes on consumer price index, and you let the Chinese get a free lunch, basically, on all the kinds of economic progression they engage in. First of all, if you were a capitalist, you'd realize there are no free lunches, and what China's bad policies are, the Chinese people will have to decipher between them and their government. That's a globalist opinion to use your laws in order to somehow control other governments. And after all, isn't that what they call globalists? They're the ones who demand choice, right? See, you're too stupid. Most people are too stupid to even know what a globalist is. There's your globalist, Peter freaking Navarro. Anti-Asian fraud, bigot scumbag that he is. Democrat scumbag that he is. That's the guy who's now writing the Republican conservative trade policies, right? Only in America, baby. Where's my Don King clip? Ridiculous. It's absolutely mindless and ridiculous. The principle of comparative advantage. This is, I wrote this down because I'm, I, I'm watching the, the, the conversation and one of the, the, the bloggers said, 
we can't compare it to their value due to their currency manipulation. What? Not only shouldn't you compare to it, if there's an advantage, you take advantage. I don't understand who you're arguing for. Are you arguing for the Chinese worker? And then it all came to me. It all came to me when Dan Prof played a clip about the Mexican president, and he called Donald Trump an ally, the Mexican socialist president. And I said, hmm, wonder if this has anything to do with, under Donald Trump's NAFTA version, the American government tells the foreign company what to pay their workers. That sounds like something a socialist could agree with. Because it's one less thing he has to do. You know how the Democrat socialists here in America demand that McDonald's pay $15 an hour to every Tom, Dick, and Harry? You know that one. That's the exact same number, by the way, that in Donald Trump's trade agreement with Mexico, he insists any company that trades with America pays its worker a minimum of $15. All the Republicans who reject the socialist Democrats' demand for minimum wage increases, they embrace Donald Trump's. Maybe through constantly learning about what you're actually arguing about, you'll realize you're arguing against yourself. Maybe if you focus on just for a moment that you're on your side and nobody else's, that when you take the speech and the verbiage and the demands of the Democrat Socialist Party and you put a Caddyshack hat on when you do it, you're still arguing for socialism. Maybe then the people will understand, the people will figure out, You're arguing against your own interest, number one. But moreover, and most importantly, you're arguing against our Constitution, number two. You're arguing against your neighbor's liberty, number three. And you're arguing the status position, number four. And that's what Barack Hussein Obama had when he wanted to pass his pet projects. And that's what Donald J. Trump has when he wants to pass his. And ironically, they're in massive agreement. Because as I listened to... uh, Uh, Stephen Moore and Larry Kudlow correctly rally where I I was so proud of them. And and they said they were Tea Party guys. And when Barack Obama was paid off to put the rubber tariffs on, and they went crazy. When he was paid off to put the the food lobby tariffs on, on, and they went crazy. Now they go crazy for his position. You know, there's a quiet effect of logistics that's happening here. I don't know if you're aware of this. I'm supposed to go, but I want to tell you this real quick. Pay attention right now to the amount of multi-generational trucking companies that are going out of business. Pay attention right now to the trucking industry and how it's under constant pressure, how it's under constant statism. Pay attention to how they're falling out of business. Those are the invisible effects versus the visible effects of how Trump can, can, can force banks to give low-interest loans and grants to companies to promise to, to build steel mills and protected other uh, manufacturing industries under his tariff plan. The reality is we've adapted because we are a free country. The reason we're rich isn't because we worried about the idea of other countries' fairness doctrine to their workers. It's because we worried about the fairness doctrine between government and the American citizen of freedom and choice and property rights. This is in the, a, a direct onslaught of it. And the, the invisible reality of what these tariffs will do they will destroy five times the numbers of the phony workers they pretend to protect the whole time this is going on the outrageousness of u.s dollar manipulation from the protectionist presidents 
will end in a depression. It isn't about a 700-point break in the, in the stock market. That's, that, ironically, the stock market is more of a reflection of American inflation than success. That's why they have to lie to you all the time about the numbers, lie to you about the GDP growth. That's not true. When you spend money to fake a GDP growth, it's not really growth. It's a three-card Monty. It's borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. It's taking money from your left pocket, put it in your right pocket. It's not really growing. You're just moving it around. The real growth happens, and the real explosion, and the real economic boom happens of policies of actual freedom and, and, and capitalism, the kind that make companies truly expand because they are growing, not the ones that buy back their stock because they are borrowing. These companies, the stock market, isn't the companies that are thriving. It's companies that are taking on debt and making it appear to be revenue. That's why Trump argues for low interest rates. It's a paper cook scam. It's not real. I said to you long ago, there will never be a Trump, a Trump yuppie. There will never be an expansion and creation of entrepreneurial businesses under Trump. In fact, it will be quite the opposite. And that's what's happening. It isn't about the stock market. It's about the shrinking of independent growth that cannot happen under a controlled, protected society. And they are backdoor nationalizing these companies. So when Peter Navarro says China is subsidizing companies they pay, so are we. Or that they own, so are we. We're just doing it through legislation. They have the balls to do it through face-to-face force. That's the only difference. But make no mistake about it. The longer these policies happen, the trajectory of our nation is absolute and total socialism. You do not live in a free economy when the government makes the rules between independent men. You don't. And that's what they're promoting, and that's what the bulk of the Republican Party are accepting. Now, listen, let's end on this. I know if they run against a Democrat socialist, you've got to pick the cleaner piece of shit. I get it. But that's the real choice here. Don't embrace this nonsense. Because you got two years, and I know that we're all focused on pep rallies. In the meantime, focus on the goddamn policies and demand that this stops. Don't give them your money and demand that they correct it before you give them, their, your, them your support. Stand for something or you're going to bow for everything. Nobody embodies that more than Donald Trump. Because the reality is the bulk of the American people stand for nothing. In fact, they stand against freedom, against liberty. If you're embracing this, you're embracing statism. You're embracing tyranny. So your argument isn't against it. You just like the management. You want to pick the manager. I want to reject the tyranny. I want to reject the statism. This is the Liberty Hour. Thank you to Keith Conrad, who straightened up a bunch of stuff that was chaos in the morning. I wonder if I was on Gallagher. Uh, Maybe tomorrow. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.